0: Adventure Pants is intended for a mature studio audience. Any views espoused in the following podcast are held solely by the speaker and are not intended to be anything more than a joke. After all, this is just for fun. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to Adventure Pants number eight. The guest with me this week is Matt Kazumchik. Hello. Did I do it right? Did I say did. it right. Yeah, okay, that's right. okay. Yeah. I was, I made you say it, and I, I still wasn't sure I was going to do it right. Uh, Matt just showed me a little bit of a sneak peek as, of this story as far as uh, some visual aid and uh, videos and pictures, so I'm, I'm very, very excited for the strings that will put all of these pieces together. But looks like a bit of a safari adventure we have uh, this week. Why don't we jump right to it? Um, so in the fall, actually it was
1: late summer, early fall of 2011, my wife and I traveled to South Africa. Um, we flew out, um, went through London, we spent a day in London, right, like a flight got in at probably about 6.30am, Okay, and we just got off the plane, onto the express train, into London, did the whole city of London, got back, came very close to missing our flight, <laughs> made the flight, and then another 14 hours to South Africa. Okay. Land in South Africa, and it's like 6 hours. To Kruger Park from Johannesburg.
0: So you're talking you're talking you're talking about six or so hours to London, and then another fourteen hours, and then another six, and then another by six. car or yeah. bus or something.
1: Yeah, by it was yeah by a, by a little van. Okay. Um, six hours plus the ten or so hours we spent in London. So I was pretty much awake for what what's that about thirty five hours? Yeah, yeah, like that's that? a long stretch. And, and then you get to the 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 safari camp. And safari camp is it, – it's beautiful. They have these fences up around um, – I think when we pulled up the first day, there was actually a giraffe just hanging out in front of the front door. That's awesome. And the, you could see its belly from the windows. Okay. It's, they're so tall. Oh, it, yeah. I, I, I can't ex- – they're stupefying they're just, to be that close yeah, to these things. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you look at it, and you're like, oh, they look kind of dumb and goofy, and then you're like, man, if I took a kick from one of those, I'm, I'm done. It's oh, over. So the giraffe kind of meandered off, and we all got out of the car. And they're like, okay, put your bags down, we're going for a drive. And so they, right they put us awesome. into, yeah. And, and a drive, a game drive, uh, is basically they have stadium seating in the back of what is essentially an F-150. And you Drive through yeah. at this. At this point, it was a private game reserve. Um, they had uh, that night. We from we we heard this noise. It's just this kind of low. Um, it was a low roar. It, it, it actually, it sounded like plaintive almost. Okay, just kind of like this. This this like coming.
0: Like almost communicative, sort of talking. Yes, very. Okay.
1: Just kind of like kind of. It, Apparently what it was was there is two young female lions who are part of a pride and all the male lions in the pride or the two of the male lions and three of the female lions had gone off on a hunt and they were calling to them to let them know hey we're hanging out in this field come see us when you're ready come see us when you're ready and it's just over and over so we saw these two girls that was the picture that I showed you of the the, the girl the female lion her mouth was wide open teeth out um yeah. just that's that's her roaring yeah okay just making okay. this call to yeah. to these other lines uh and then our guide gets a call on the radio and they're like uh the they're coming back from the hunt the other ones are coming back from the hunt and so he drives and at this point it's gone from sunset where we saw the two girl lines to dark and you see the guide flashes the light onto the the biggest cat i've ever seen in my life the the animals at the zoo don't do it any justice like being that close to it they were it, it was it was probably i want to say like 15 feet long that's obviously not right. yeah right. it's the world's longest lion
0: <laughs> but it was it was massive and and does, so does the truck have like floodlights on it for nighttime it or he there with like a big got, giant got a single like a single floodlight one of those big high wattage handheld yeah, tanks okay yeah, pretty much um basically a light cannon <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah yeah and so, like, the
1: animal's eyes, that's how they would spot them, is the animal's eyes would usually, like, reflect back. They'd be like, okay, there's one. We'll go find it. Okay. it is. Usually it was, like, an impala or a springbok. Okay. Which we got really excited about the first time we saw him, And the guide was like, yeah, you're going to lose that. You, know, <laughs> you, will be, you will be no longer awed
0: by nature. Dear. <laughs> so,
1: um, so, you know, we did a couple of these game drives. Uh, and then we finally got to go to Kruger Park, which is, I believe, it's the size of New Jersey. Wow, it's huge.
0: R- that, yeah, uh,
1: and it's it's totally reserved for the animals. Uh, I was gonna say it's a game reserve kind of place. Yeah, okay. And very minimal. They do some culling and things like that whenever they have to. They do some uh, controlled burns. About, I would say probably like every, every so often, probably every five miles or so, there would be like a field that was just black. Because they had just burned
0: it, okay. They had um, and just to keep it under control. Just to keep it under control okay. so that
1: if a fire does erupt, it only goes so far. Gotcha. Okay. So the first day that we're there, we're seeing you know seeing the animals. Um, one of the funnier things we saw was we saw this big mother white rhino out in the field. Um, she's far off, and then all of a sudden you see this little thing like bouncing in the field, running after her. And so we got out, you know, they had the binoculars. We had, like, a long lens on uh-huh. the camera. And we're looking, and we're looking, and it's like, that's a baby rhino. <laughs> and so what would happen is the mother was just kind of meandering her way through this field, slowly walking. And apparently rhinos just don't stop eating. They just keep walking. Okay. Keep I mean, they are huge animals. That makes sense. They graze all day. Exactly. Um... But the little baby would apparently get distracted by something that was happening when mom stopped. <laughs> and so he'd stop and hang out and play around like, oh, pretty butterflies or whatever. Sure. Mom would just keep eating and keep walking. And then he'd be like, oh, I got to catch up. And then just bounce, 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 <laughs> bounce and catch up with her <laughs> for an hour. The image of a,
0: ba- of a rhino, even a baby one, doing bouncing is just hysterical to me. It was it was like it was like a puppy. Right. It was just like a little tiny but puppy. But they're such a massive creature yeah. that it would like do that sort of pouncy yeah. hop thing. It's hysterical. They were it
1: was, <laughs> it was it was yeah, it was unexpected, yeah. to say the least. Uh, so we get through lunch that day and then uh the craziest thing that happened on the whole trip happens. It's kind of it's kind of sad that the climax happens this <laughs> this early into your trip. It's sure. the third day I'm Third day I'm there. The rest of it was great, but this is this is the most insane thing that maybe has ever happened to me in my life. Uh, we're driving down a road, and our guide sees a herd of elephants. Um, and elephants, females travel in family groups. They travel with usually a matriarch, her daughters, um, and their children, and they kind of travel in a pack. And usually the male elephants are only found at one time, which would be
0: yeah. Yeah, they come in, and they, they do their thing, and then they go yeah, off the and
1: they... They want nothing to do... They actually don't want anything to do with the males for the most part. Oh, okay. Um, the... Uh, uh, which actually plays a role in, later in this story. But the... So this group is walking across the road, and we counted probably... Probably about 20 elephants walked across the road, and we're watching them, and they move from our right, the, the dirt road's in front of us, and they're moving along with a clearing to our left, and up the woods, and they're going to actually heading down towards this ravine, which is very green and very lush, like we saw it from a from a like a cliff, right? And you look down into it, and it was it's a dried riverbed, but uh, the the green the green foliage is really yeah, vibrant there. because it because it has uh, a lot of water still residual in the soil. Sure, yeah, which is apparently not the case for most of that place during the dry season. So our our guide, the, the group of elephants is moving along. And he decides that it's time to we're gonna we're gonna push up a little bit further. What he did not realize was that while most of the group had made it across, there were probably two or three stragglers, maybe four, and one of them was a little little one and two of the elephants did not seem to like that at all. <laughs> they walked straight towards. The truck and the first, the first, their first motion is, they're just walking, um, and they usually walk with their ears pretty down. It, it they look like you see them in zoos. They're yeah. just very kind of dopey and well. Then one of the girls flaps her ears out like giant ears, and she looks huge.
0: It was it was almost like the uh, the dinosaur in Jurassic Park. <laughs> it was exactly it's, like uh, that. That what you, I Like I said, you showed me the video, and that's what I was reminded of, of, like, this anger response that was just like, and out come the ears, and it's it's like, it's go time now. Yeah, yeah, and and we were kind of like,
1: uh-oh, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if our guide noticed it, because the back of the truck is, I, I'm sure he noticed something, but the back of the truck is kind of, uh, it's, it's all open air, and the front of the truck is a, ca- it's a normal cab, it's right. just a normal truck cab, so he's... Kind of got limited vision to his back, and so the they're coming, you know, straight towards the back corner of the truck where I'm sitting, and I'm like, uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, 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 and then all of a sudden she just drops her head, like, and and trumpets, like makes this trumpeting noise, and then just starts running full speed at the truck, at the truck. Uh, well, it wasn't near it the, wasn't the truck, at the truck, towards the truck, okay, okay, towards the truck. I think she, I think it was a bluff. I, yeah. I do think they were bluffing. Thank God, <laughs> but they're running at the truck, and it takes a second, I think, for the guide to register.
0: Oh, we're getting chased. Everybody in the back of the truck is peeing their pants oh, simultaneously. Yeah.
1: But laughing hysterically, <laughs> because at this point, you're looking at these you know, these animals that, that are 10 tons or more, and they're very clearly pissed. Yeah. And they are very clearly larger than your truck, and they are very clearly, if, if they get a hold of you and they really want to, you're you're done. Oh, absolutely. So there's there's nothing to do but just kind of laugh nervously and be like, "Well, <laughs> let's find out."
0: If <laughs> you have to go, this is a way to do it, I guess. I was think I was actually thinking that. There was a point where I was I was like, "Oh, well, <laughs> if it's got to be now, it's got to be now. Right. Like, if if you have to get invited to a funeral, the funeral where they're like, "Well, he was on a safari and he got trampled to death by an elephant." I feel like that's a pretty high level funeral, as far as you know. If you have to go, that seems like a fun way to do it. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. I, I, I
1: wouldn't. I wouldn't probably be that upset. No, about about it. Um. So they chase our truck, and like I said, it takes our guide a minute to get the truck started. Okay. Um. Well, not really. Like. It feels like a minute. It was probably a matter of like three seconds. Sure. It gets it started. It sounds like it sounds the truck sounded sounds like an old airplane. It just has like this horrible engine to it. I think it was probably like a like a 2001 Ford F-150 that's been rebuilt so many times. Sure. And so I'm thinking to myself,
0: well, and, and it, it's probably on dirt roads all day. Yeah. So it's just you know, bouncing all over the place. Yeah, and and how well
1: is this thing maintained? And how long is it going to hold <laughs> out?
0: What happens when you put the pedal on the floor? Does it accelerate or does the engine <laughs> fall out of the bottom of the vehicle? Turns out it accelerates. Thank God. <laughs> yes. But
1: then he stopped. He stopped. He gets <laughs> to a point where where he's like, "Oh, I think we're safe." And they had slowed up a little bit. There was a there was a bush in the way and they kind of slowed up. But he, when he stopped they were like okay we're coming again they trumpeted it again they just kept running and then he was okay we're off and and drove down to the bottom of this this hill yeah and and they stopped and they just gathered in this huge group which was really neat to see because the bigger elephants so they had a couple of little tiny baby like little tiny babies which are you know three times the size of you and me they're the together. size of a car yeah, yeah. um they hid in the middle of the group, and all of the all of the bigger uh, females stood facing out. So they circled the wagons. Yeah, that's exactly. awesome. With their tusks out, and they were. Um, uh, our guide said it was like a normal a normal response for them. They were picking up, uh, dirt and throwing it into the air with their trunks. And he said it just it, dis- it is a distraction and it's um it's it clouds them a little bit. And, okay, and they, they do this all the time whenever they're threatened. That's fascinating. Yeah, they, it, it was it was a really interesting sure. thing to watch in retrospect. <laughs> I guess you know <laughs> it, it was interesting at the time too, because at, at that time, like you, you know, you're pretty safe. Yeah, right? because we're we're far enough away from them, and and if they had wanted to hurt, I I swear. I felt like I I review we have I have the video of it and I know that this is not the case but I still swear I could have just reached out and touched her I really do <laughs> I thought she was right there I thought just one swing of that head and that truck was just going over tumbled and yeah, yeah. and then yeah. we were
0: all done uh, and, and I have to think they go defense first as far as you know the attack of you know the attack mode it feels like that they're they're trying to be ready for you as the predator unless like we're gonna go get you.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it was. Because, like I
0: said, they formed that protective group. And then once they
1: kind of were like, well, it's not moving towards us. It doesn't want anything to do with us. Then they decided to move down back across the road to the other side. Because as it turns out, there was a male elephant that was walking through the area. Okay. Now, the female elephants were big. The male elephant was a giant.
0: Also, (laughs) happened to be... Possibly a little bit aroused. <laughs> well, he did hear all that, all that carousing and whatnot. And there was a
1: kid on our, on our little jeep on mm-hmm. our safari trip, and he asked his mom, "I'm not kidding." He <laughs> asked his mom, "Mom, what's that hanging from the elephant?" She goes, "Oh, it's his second trunk." <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh,
1: so as they were walking back to get get away from this male elephant. The two or the one of the the one who really led the charge against us ran back down the road and just trumpeted at us one time that basically said, look, we're moving. Don't come back here. Don't do it.
0: <laughs> that big roar. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that was the that was, like I said, the craziest thing that happened to us on the trip. And, you know, three days in, there's a lot of really cool stuff that also happened is the
0: shirt you're wearing from this trip it is actually, okay yeah. matt has a shirt on that's got sort of like a yellow like a caution type road sign with an elephant on it so i was i was waiting for that to play into this because i was like Do you, you either plan this really well or it's a nice coincidence now my wife uh, as soon as she saw it she was actually kind
1: of sad as soon as she saw it she was like i have to buy that yeah and they only had them in larges and extra larges and adrian is a little tiny thing yeah and so she was kind of sad because they didn't have an elephant crossing <laughs> for her but they had a lion crossing the that's, that's
0: a, uh, which e- is, equally terrifying, really. E- yeah,
1: but they didn't threaten us. At that's any true. Point. They yeah. didn't care about us. <laughs> the elephants cared. Um, the second day, we were uh, we went to Kruger. The second drive through Kruger, we got to watch a group of juvenile male lions uh, hunt. Which uh, apparently their success rate is extremely low, like less than one percent. Yeah, they just hunt all day and they don't kill anything, and they get kind of ornery and they're all they're all juveniles they're not they're not leading prides they're not doing anything they're just a group of bachelors who just kind I mean, of learning how to be lions i guess yeah i mean you can imagine how, how a bunch of well i mean you know a bunch of <laughs> how a bunch of bachelor males hang out that's <laughs> exactly. pretty much
0: what they do yeah they're trying to score with chicks <laughs> and, and get food yeah and that's all they do yeah uh, and and it's were, easier when you can go to you know california tortilla or chipotle or whatever it's yeah. a little bit a little bit easier
1: yeah yeah <laughs> granted and you know your your enemy is not a uh, a Cape buffalo, which is what they were hunting. Okay. And they were they were apparently older male Cape buffaloes, which are apparently very, very wily and also very, very ornery. Okay. What what they told us was... So we stayed in a treehouse camp. I'm sorry, I'm going to divert from the lines for a second yeah. and talk about where we stayed. Um, we stayed in a treehouse camp, which was literally what it sounded like. We had a treehouse. We had a back porch that looked out over this stream. Um, and we had a... Bathroom. Mm-hmm. That was not ensuite. And the shower did not have a roof. <laughs> and it's wintertime in South Africa, which okay. is not that bad. But I don't I think it was probably about fifty to sixty degrees when we were showering. And You don't really want to be outside.
0: No. Nude. <laughs> <laughs> Even with a hot shower, that's yeah. probably not the best.
1: And when the hot shower is over then you're still got to get dried <laughs> off, get your clothes
0: on. And
1: then neither the neither the bathroom with a toilet in it. Nor the uh, shower had an actual door. It was just kind of like a like a maze to get in there. It was like you would take two turns and you would be in there. Okay. I think it was more to deter animals than it was anything else. Yeah. So Adrian, every time she took a shower or went to the bathroom, I would have to go and stand guard. Right <laughs> uh, and again, this is down and across the across a path from our treehouse. Mm-hmm. So at night it's very dark. And what they told us was. What we have here are they have these things called nyala, which are just another form of deer. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like the impalas, but okay, they make this weird barking sound, which we heard the first night. I was like, "What is that noise?" Just, you heard this like yipping noise, okay, which was apparently deer or antelope, it was a form of antelope, and frogs. There were frogs everywhere. Uh, but they said they also have cape buffalo, and cape buffalo are big giant cows. Mm-hmm. Um. About about the size of the bulls that they bullfight with, uh, with their giant uh, head protecting horns. Yeah, they have large horns, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, it looks like a looks almost like a like a like a handlebar mustache on their head. Yeah, made of horn. Yeah, uh, and they said, look, if you come across most of the animals, they said they also have leopards because they're impossible to keep out because they climb trees, they jump everything, even the fences won't mm-hmm. keep them out. Lions won't, but leopards will. So they have leopards. Uh, but they, you know, they aren't a problem either because they don't want to bother something your size. Sure. Kate Buffalo, however, they're just going to walk where they want to walk, and if that happens to be in your path, they said, "Freeze!" Because there's a fifty-fifty shot; it's going to charge you, but it's his choice, not yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's insanity.
1: Yeah. And so one night we go to we go, and I, I go escort Adrian down to the bathroom, and I'm standing outside the bathroom. And I hear this like heavy, heavy footsteps in the brush. And I'm like, oh, shoot. We're in all kinds of trouble. Yeah. Again, again, I, I my mind goes into instant panic. I don't know if you've noticed this yet. Yes. My, my mind is like, like always, this is going to, this is going to end poorly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was like, oh, I just as a Kate Buffalo, we're in so much trouble. <laughs> so much trouble. So I run into the bathroom. Luckily, she had finished doing <laughs> whatever it was. Um, and I was just like, Shh, wait. We gotta wait. We gotta wait. And sure, I mean, we heard the footsteps, like, mm-hmm. walk around the, the hut and down towards the stream. We didn't, I mean, we didn't see anything. I was not trying to see anything. Sure. Um.
0: So we didn't actually experience the cave buffalo. <laughs> you're like, boost in my mind, r- we're, <laughs> you're boosting Adrian up, like, yeah. see, if, see if that's what it is. Here. <laughs> and just Shove her out over the top of the bathroom. No, you go first. <laughs> You're 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 smaller so you're you're more agile just here look see if that's what it is
1: that that bathroom also had uh, the most
0: inappropriate frog in the world <laughs> You'd uh, like to watch you in the bathroom I'm it guessing it lived in the toilet <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a poor choice it, it
1: it it would it sat under the the lid mm-hmm. of the toilet and <laughs> one night Adrian goes to use the bathroom uh she opens the lid and the frog scares her. She just surprised her. <laughs> yeah. And she uh, so she made me come into the bathroom before she used the toilet <laughs> to take the the key was on a stick. There yeah. was like a stick attached to the key to the room and to push the little frog off of the toilet and he immediately hopped into the trash can, which was <laughs> sitting right near the the toilet. Mm-hmm. So it's right next I mean right next door. And she said the whole time she was using the restroom, it was just staring at her. And she was like, it's going to jump on me, and I'm going to jump, and I'm going to run. And I'm going to have my pants down, and it's going to be falling. And then a water buffalo shows up, and I am screwed. Um, But the frog did not jump on her. And he actually, you know, while while he was completely lewd and inappropriate, he ended up being a... It's
0: more of a a, peeping frog than anything else. Yeah,
1: but he ended up being a comforting, you know... (laughs) Yeah, I, I was pretty sure he wasn't gonna kill any of us. Yes, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, so that brings me back to the lion hunting because mm-hmm. of the cape buffalo. Yeah, remember the lions are hunting the cape buffalo. Yes. And these, so we, what happens in Kruger is you have the trucks, and there's a bunch of bunch of different tour companies doing a bunch of different tours. and They all have these trucks and buses, and there's even private tours. Like you can drive your car there. Yeah. If you live there, you can. Or I don't know. You, presumably, if you rent a car, you yeah. can drive your car there. They drive – so we're all, like, parked and watching the lions on the right side of the road, uh-huh. and the buffalo on the left side of the road. The lions are – the buffalo are kind of meandering through, and the lions are being really stealthy. Uh, there's some really good pictures that we ended up taking – where it's really hard to even make out where there is a line, but when you see it, it's it's like one of those 3D images, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, well, of course there it is. or almost like playing Where's Waldo. Sure. Oh, of course there it are is. Are
0: they in, like, a tall grass? Yeah, it's, sure it's in it. A,
1: and, like, you know, they, they kept really low, and their faces would be covered and stuff.
0: Uh, but these trucks,
1: well, we're trying to stay quiet, um, and we're fairly quiet. They're, their engines are loud. um There are people who are not staying so quiet. We had a couple of those on our tour. That was not great fun. But we had, you know, just like, well, hush and let's see what happens. And so the lions get across, finally get across the road to where the buffalo are. They kind of like stealthily make their way across, way up from where the buffalo are actually sitting. And all of a sudden, one of the, the buffalo is like, yeah, I know where you are. I'll see you later. And they run. And we actually saw one of the lions, and he was probably thirty feet behind the buffalo. But he was like, "Screw it," and jumped—not even like, not even Nowhere close to anything. Yeah. But but you saw him delete, which yeah. was kind of neat. That's awesome. But then they walked. They kind of slunk back across the road. Seemed like tail between their legs kind of deal. And uh, were <laughs> they just kept looking back at us like you? F- you, I swear <laughs> to <toward laughs> God, <laughs> <laughs> we, we were right there. <laughs> Damn engines. <laughs> um. I guess the last, the last thing that happened during the uh, the Kruger Park uh, trip, part of the trip that was was pretty exciting, or kind of exciting, was uh, every morning we would take breakfast out on this patio. Mm-hmm. Um, everything out there is basically outdoor; you do yeah. everything outdoor. So they have um, they would just provide breakfast on the patio before you went on your game drive or your walk or whatever you were doing. Um, but there were monkeys everywhere. These little things called vervet monkeys, and they're about uh, two feet tall, okay. three feet tall. Uh, no, they're very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a person who was with us. She she was an Australian. She had been uh, she is a vet veterinary technician, and she had been working at a rescue in Namibia. Okay, she said, yeah, if you run across one of those vervet monkeys, just ignore it. Try to get away from it, because apparently they go for the genitals. <laughs> The Achilles and the knees. <laughs> that sounds lovely. Yeah, and groups, by the way. <laughs> so the last morning, uh, the last morning we're in Kruger. Kruger the uh, these two monkeys make their way down, and the staff from from the uh, the gamers or from the uh, camp is they are all up at the the main building where they're okay. prepping stuff. And the monkeys make their way down from the trees, come down the top of the pavilion go right for the food, and one of them just rips the top off the cornflakes thing and just starts shoving them in his mouth. <laughs> and every once in a while, he'd hear a noise and, like, perk up and look around like a like a groundhog and then just go back to shoving his face full of cornflakes. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he had, like, his cheeks swelled up like a squirrel and yeah. everything and just, like, swallowing as much as he smashing could Smashing his face, yeah. Um, the other one went straight for the sugar bowl and just whole face right into it, just <laughs> going to town on sure, the sugar. Sure, yeah, yeah. And he, he comes up, and then we have a picture of this, too. He comes up, and his, his whole face is covered with this
0: white powder. Mm. It looked like he had a drug problem. <laughs> I mean, he kind of did. He basically <laughs> did the, t- the Tony Montana just smashing the face into it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs>
1: it. And then there was um, – so, so when, the, uh, when the staff finally came down, they looked like they were pissed at us because we didn't do anything about the monkeys. I was like, I'm not, I'm not approaching wild animals. They weren't approaching them either. They had a slingshot. They yeah. shot these small stones, and they would—I uh, I, think—they were probably trying to kill them. Yeah, but yeah, you know, they missed every time, so yeah. it didn't matter. They're pretty agile little things. Sure, so they
0: enough to get rid of them. At yeah,
1: they—they got—they went away. Um, but they didn't. <laughs> one of the monkeys got into the marmalade that was on the table, and they didn't realize. I don't think so. They took everything away that the monkeys had gotten into. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I don't think they realized they got into the marmalade. So they left the marmalade on the table, and mm-hmm. we sat down to breakfast, and I had kind of forgotten about it to tell them about it. but when we sat down, I was like, "Oh, yeah, everybody at the table. don't eat the marmalade. <laughs> monkey ate that <laughs> There was a monkey just shoving his face right into that marmalade, yeah, so we yeah we, we were leaving Kruger park mm-hmm. uh the next our next stop was was my big geek out of the uh of the trip uh there's a place called the natal shark sport it's in durban south africa mm. if you watch shark week it inevitably shows up about five
0: times in that oh week. yeah and
1: we it's went it there. seems
0: like the whole week is either south africa or australia and then like three things in new jersey yeah yeah
1: and the things in new jersey are inevitably the same thing yes
0: <laughs> a bunch of people got <laughs> eaten one time jaws yes <laughs> remember jaws remember the <laughs> reasons this exists yeah yeah this, this is the why
1: uh yeah, the Sharks the, the Sharksport has been... I, I went to school for marine biology. That's mm-hmm. what I went for. And and I, I've always wanted to sh- study sharks since I was a little kid. I've been hearing about the Natal Sharksport since I was, what, four years old, mm-hmm. three years old. So I always wanted to go there. And so I went. It was not an eventful trip by any means, <laughs> but we went. And uh, and then we took the train back to Cape Town, which is a absolutely gorgeous city. Uh, mountains and blue, blue water. Mm-hmm. Um the wine region and stuff like that. There are these things though in South Africa. And they call them oh, what was the polite term for them? It was unsanctioned settlements. Okay. Have you seen District Nine? Yeah, yeah. It so was that. shanty towns. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and our one guy tried to tell us, no, 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 they want to live here because <laughs> it's cheap. Yeah. Sometimes there's lawyers that live in these.
0: I'm like, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty sure that's a lie. <laughs> I know you're selling that, but I ain't buying it. <laughs>
1: Um, the coolest thing we did in Cape Town was we went shark diving. Mm. We went diving with great white sharks. It was an experience, one that I would repeat gladly, but I don't know if you've
0: ever been seasick. Uh, luckily never, no.
1: I get horrifically seasick, which is pretty ironic for somebody who studied marine biology. Yes. I could be on I feel
0: like that might be detrimental. It's not not ideal. (laughs) Not not ideal.
1: (laughs) Um... I, I get seasick on the Chesapeake Bay. I, I am capable... I have been and am capable of being seasick on the Chesapeake Bay. Okay. That's how... So that's, very seasick yes, is, is what you would... Yes. Pre- yes. Um, you go on this 40-foot boat. They take you on this 40-foot boat, and you go out to this... Off this island mm-hmm. where there's a bunch of seals. So the sharks always hang out, and they're like, you know... It's feeding frenzy. Yeah, it's 7-Eleven for them. Yeah. So they're, they're happy to <laughs> happy to be there and eat anything that comes off the rocks. Um... And so they take us, and and what they tell you for seasickness is you get to the center of the boat. If you're in the middle of the boat, you won't feel the pitch and roll. You won't feel the movement as much. You'll be and you'll feel better. Which we, makes sense. I mean, logically. Yeah. Um, and we took a bunch of Dram. We took Dram. I mean, I loaded. I took some the night before, and I made sure to take some the morning that we went. Okay. So I'm. you loaded I'm for dosed. bear. Dram. Yeah.
0: Um, loaded for shark. Maybe is yeah. probably the better. Term. <laughs> Um. Yes.
1: The uh, so we get to this spot and they just kind of stop the boat. I, I'm not sure if they dropped anchor. It doesn't really matter. Um. They're like, okay, we're going to prep for the sharks. Everybody, go up to the top deck. That's like 10 feet up. Okay. And there are about six foot waves kind of rolling through. The bo- it's not affecting the boat in any like real mean way. It's, you know, it's a but 40 it's certainly foot long boat. Be moving. But yeah, the top deck is kind of kind of coming down and like getting close to the ocean and then it's rolling over and the other side's getting close to the ocean and then it's rolling these nice gentle it would be beautiful if i was standing on the beach and watching them break yeah when they made me get up to the top of the deck i again was in very very big trouble sure uh, and i just i just felt it like as soon as i got up there i was like this is this is this isn't good <laughs> i don't i don't like this feeling um Made it up there, started feeling queasy. Uh, we saw one shark from up there. Uh, he's, the, the guy had said at the beginning, he was like, look, I can't guarantee sharks. They're wild animals, obviously. you know, I know that. I'm, they're yeah. wild animals. You can't guarantee wild animals will do anything. Sure. But we saw one. So he goes, okay, I can guarantee you we're going to see a great white. <laughs> <laughs> we just saw it. Yeah. Um, but they, they said this is not a good spot for diving because the
0: sharks aren't going to come around here. So they moved to a different part of the island. Where they had seen sharks. Now, when you saw it, did you get the whole fin out of the water experience, or was it just the dark shape under?
1: It was mostly the dark shape under. There was a point where there was a there was a seabird that was sitting on top of the water, and the shark came up and kind of nosed it. it didn't want to eat it, but but our guide said, and I had and I had never heard this, um, but apparently great whites are the only animals who are the only sharks, not the only animals, only sharks that will investigate something on the surface like that. So it kind of. Poked its nose up, but okay. the fin didn't really do gotcha. much, but they were mostly shadows under the water. Yeah,
0: which is still cool. Yeah, I just yeah. was curious if you had that Jaws moment. Yeah.
1: Oh, there, there is a <laughs> Jaws moment that comes later. Um, we go to the second spot, and uh-huh. we see these seals, and they're kind of streaking away from the island, jumping out of the water and stuff, and our, our guide says, Yep, this is the place. <laughs> so they lower the cage in the water. Again, I'm just not feeling great, Yeah. but I'm excited to be there. I'm, I'm here. I... I came. I'm getting in the water. I'm seeing some sharks, and I or I hope I'm seeing some sharks. Sure. And and you know whatever else comes, be damned. I, I don't care. Right. Um, they put the cage in the water. So the cage floats a little bit above the water. Not a little bit. It's probably about two feet out of the water and then six feet under.
0: Yeah. Six feet under the water. They've got that like the, the big uh, metal uh, flotation device, yeah. so the buoy things yeah. up top to keep yeah. you. Okay.
1: And so this is not actually diving. This is the equivalent of free diving for sharks. What it really is, is ducking your head underwater and looking at them. Yeah. Um, In a way that you can't have your head nibbled upon. Right, right, within a cave. <laughs> Hopefully not nibbled Hope upon, them, yeah. There was a, I don't know if you saw this, but since I've gotten back, there's been at least one case, nobody got bit, but the shark went into the I cage through the I saw it, yeah, it, viewpoint. Was uh, no <laughs> it was incredible. It was the terrifyingest thing. Because they don't, to, to be honest, I've, i studied them for long enough, they don't scare me. That much, I mean, a little bit. I, I, I have a healthy respect. Yeah. But, but when you get one panicked in a small space with those teeth, yeah, I, I'm surprised it did yeah, not. A end mouthful badly. of
0: razor blades is not really the thing you want thrashing around near you. No, no, it is not. Um,
1: so we get to this point uh-huh. where he's like, "This is our, this is it, this is the spot." What they do is they tie a bunch of fish heads to a rope and they throw it out they wait for the shark to approach it, and they pull it back towards the cage. Uh, They're only supposed to use fish heads because they're not supposed to feed the sharks. Okay. They're only supposed to um, entice them. Okay. Only entice them. They use chum, which smells just fantastic. Yeah. Disgusting. Um, Ground up fish. Uh, So we're watching. They throw out the bait, and the guy starts reeling it in. I'm like, what's going to happen? And there it was, the Jaws moment. Teeth open, head comes out of the water, fin comes out of the water, it tries to get the bait, the guy's quick enough to pull it back. Yeah. And he it just dips back under the water. That's incredible. Full, like the full top jaw open. I'm I didn't get a picture of it. It, it only exists in my head, <laughs> but this moment this moment happened and you know, yeah. it's one of those things where like this thing was was it was a real. It, yeah. it was something that happened to me and I can never I, I, I don't have any Physical proof, so I'm the only thing that exists, but yeah. I, I
0: I don't know if I wish I have a picture of it, or it's better that I don't. You're right. You know? But That's such a cool moment to, to see that, because you've seen it on TV a billion times, but to be ten feet away from that as it happens has to be kind of insane. I got over the seasickness for about five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the awe took over? Yeah. And then it was right back to, oh. <laughs> uh,
1: so Adrian was the first one of the two of us to go in the cage, mm-hmm. and these cages are set up, they're... Um, probably about eight feet long, maybe six to eight feet long, and mm-hmm. they just pack you in like sardines. They throw four people in the cage, and they you hold onto a handrail, and you got your head over the top. Um, out of the water. Then, out of the water, and then when they say, okay, duck down, you duck down, and there you go. You've got a great white shark coming right at you. Okay. She's in the water for ten minutes, and sadly, a shark never approaches her there, the cage at the time. She... Turned blue. She was so cold. Mm-hmm. The the water was so cold. But you said it was wintertime. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And and it's also the wrong boundary current. And so it's it's basically the opposite of the Gulf Stream. Okay. Um. So she was freezing, and she was. I have to. I have to get out. So she never actually got to see one underwater. Um. So I I was the next one up. Seasickness again. Be damned. Yeah. I'm gonna get in that water. I'm gonna see that shark. And I figured, well, you know, if I'm in the water. I shouldn't move that much. I should. I should feel better. Yeah. Right. It's a good theory. It's an excellent theory. (laughs) It is very wrong. Um, we. So I do get to see. I got to see the sharks approach the cage while I was in it about four times. Mm -hmm. The biggest. There were three of them. The smallest one was about six feet long. Mm -hmm. The largest was about eleven. Okay. Uh, eleven feet is a healthy shark. Yeah, that's, that's a big, it's a big animal. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, it did, they just, they would approach the cage. They, they were funny though, because they're, they're very timid mm-hmm. or appeared. I, I, I'm not a shark psychologist. I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't actually speak to their you emotions. put them on the couch, you got your time. pipe out. Yeah. Well, you know, they love that. Yeah. They got to keep swimming though. Exactly. Um, <laughs> They, it's they, a moving couch. Yes. Yeah, there you go. There you go. One of those treadmills? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You put the shark in a forever pool,
0: you get there with the pipe, and you're like, tell me about your parents. <laughs> and how did that make you Tell me about the time you ate all of your brothers and sisters <laughs> in utero What was that like
1: for you? <laughs> did you feel powerful? <laughs> um, we uh so, but they they would come towards the cage, but they would get Probably a distance it, – it's really hard for me to judge distance because, number one, I was not awe. Number two, I was sick as a dog. And number three, it's just hard to judge distance underwater. Sure. Um, so I would say probably within 10 feet. Okay. And they would just kind of peel off. And it looked like like a little airplane just kind of peeling off mm-hmm. like like uh, they used to do, like, the strafing runs and just kind of near yeah, right yeah. by you. Um, there was nothing, certainly, that I could have reached out and touched, but they were close enough for me. I mean, it was, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. So they approach the cage. Probably after about the second time of the four that one of them approaches the cage while I'm in it, I'm like, this is happening. I am sick. It is official. I'm going to vomit. (laughs) And so I look up at the guide and I say, hey, I'm going to be sick. And he says, well, do you want to get out of the cage? I was like, not really. He's like, okay, well, then be sick. (laughs) What he didn't or I didn't Nobody took into account, except for maybe the other people in the cage, (laughs) is that I was up current.
0: (laughs) I thought I was going in a different direction with the vomit. (laughs) So there's four four of you in the cage, and you're puking just on
1: (laughs) I'm in the water, but it's definitely traveling towards them.
0: (laughs) Is everybody in wetsuits? Yeah. Okay. yeah, you okay. have to be.
1: It's way too cold to not be. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, it, it wasn't a ton. Like it wasn't like I I did <laughs> I didn't, you know, full on exorcist pea soup. Yeah. But it was it was <laughs> enough and the people in the cage were looking at me like, you fat son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sick, and I'm not missing this. So I watched him pass by two more times. The interesting thing was, after I had vomited in the shark cage, the sharks actually approached a lot closer and they did these weird things where they would actually swim. Instead of going for the bait, they would swim in front of the cage, like flash in front of the cage, which was really cool to watch. I mostly did that from out of the water, yeah. but they would, they would just zoom by at just these incredible rates of speed for fish.
0: I was curious if your, if your puke was going to be attracting them. Cause you'd think it might. I, I I'm not, sh- I'm not sure, but, but that's how I remember it. <laughs> um,
1: while we were there, we got to eat some interesting stuff. Yeah. We had ostrich. Mm. We had springbok.
0: I don't know what a springbok. springbok is.
1: Uh, I want to say it's. I think it's the second smallest antelope. It's the. Uh, okay. It's actually the the national, or it's the symbol of the uh, South African national rugby team. Okay. Yeah. It's a it's a very small antelope. Type of antelope. Okay. Yeah. Uh, had eland, which is I believe it's the world's largest antelope. Okay. Uh, oryx, which are the uh. The Simtar horned orcs—they're like they have okay, the really long, yeah, yeah, yeah. sharp horns that—that that mm-hmm. looks like you could—you want to turn it into a sword and fight somebody? Yes, I would actually love that. <laughs> um, I had kudu which have these really cool spiral horns. We saw them. Were the them and springbok were the only two that we saw? No, and ostrich. We saw uh-huh. ostrich and impala. Okay, we saw a bunch of. <laughs> um, but we saw kudu. a bunch of things that we later ate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: I was. I want that one. It was yeah. like the world's biggest <laughs> lobster tank. Went on the game preserve, and you're like, that's the ostrich I want for dinner. Um. Bang. <laughs> See ya. They drag it all behind the car. They strap it up with a rope. All the way back to the camp. <laughs> There's like 20 animals. Just Everybody's got one. Yeah, everybody everybody's picked got... up their animal for dinner, and they're all... <laughs> Who picked the warthog. Why? <laughs> it's like just married with all these animal yeah. corpses. Oh, well, yeah, fantastic best wedding celebration. Ever. I'm sorry, that's, I didn't mean to derail. That's that's quite all
1: right. That's quite all right. It's a it's a visual. I will never go with that again in my life. Uh, and we also had impala,
0: which were the which were the deer. Yeah, yeah, and not uh, not the Chevy. Not the Chevy. Not the Chevy. I can't. see well, some people can eat a
1: yeah, but some people do it. Yes, some people. Someone ate a whole airplane. One yeah, about, it was. Right? It was in the Guinness Book. Yeah, that's
0: guy had like no yeah. teeth left, but he yeah. did eat it. How could you? I, <laughs> that's fine. Every two each
1: their own. Yes, uh, the best out of all of those was probably. I think it was kudu. Okay, I, I really liked kudu. It was tender, is okay. uh, like venison, but, okay. but a little bit. A little bit less gamey. Okay. And very tender. Though okay. They cooked it very well. We also had this really cool dessert called Malva pudding, um, which I, I really don't. My perception of it was that it was this pudding, like an mm. actual pudding that they. It was like a creme brulee that yeah. they crystallized. But we've tried to make it. We actually have made it. Yeah. Um, and at home. And it turns out it's like a cake that has mm. a syrup soaked into it. Oh, so really, like a lava
0: cake kind of. Yeah. Thing.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's like vanilla. It's like a vanilla syrup into this, uh, like honey cake. Okay. Very, very good. But again, not not at all what I remembered from the trip. Yeah. To be fair, we had had like two bottles of wine at the point where yeah. dessert
0: came. Yeah. But now, the one question I have to ask is because people, I know a lot of people like this kind of safari trip is often like a, a bucket list type item for a lot of people. And I, as a not outdoorsy person, the question I always have for these like it seems like you would just be constantly hot and sweaty and miserable.
1: It was wintertime. Okay. And actually, it's the best time to go because so our, the animals, summer, the, our summer is okay. their winter. Um, it's, they say it's the best time to go, though, sadly, you don't get to see hyenas, which mm. I really wanted to see, but hyenas, apparently, in their wintertime, just hang out in the dens. They okay. only come out in the rainy season in the daytime okay. because their dens are flooded. Mm. Um, but the the winter down there is actually it's pretty pleasant. Okay. Uh, I was okay in a in a t shirt and, and long pants okay. most days. Okay. Uh
0: some nights I definitely had to wear a jacket. It got okay. it got way down Because yeah. you always see these like just beautiful, you know, lions stalking through tall grasses and I'm always like it has to be hundred and twelve degrees there. I think the hottest it got for us was probably in the eighties. Okay. Actually. Well maybe I could do that Yeah, trip I think then. you could. Okay. It's pretty pleasant. Yeah. And
1: you know, if you're if you're not the, the outdoorsy type and you don't want to do the whole no, see, almost I think, getting killed by a cape buffalo. See, that possibly. seems like fun to me. I okay. could probably
0: do that uh, part of it, but the, uh, there's certain things outdoors that I'd be willing to, to like suck it up and do. Yeah. It's just I was curious.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's you know the weather was very pleasant. Yeah, it was pretty pretty enjoyable. Okay. Now, the last thing that happened to us it was actually on our way home. Um, we flew home on September 11th, mm. which you know is not any kind of big deal actually. Yeah. Um, but it, it's in your head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're thinking about it, and we're coming in for we're coming in for a landing at Dulles Airport. And I mean, we are coming in for a landing. Yeah. I mean, like I, you know, you're seeing everything. You're within a couple hundred feet of the ground, coming in for a landing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the plane just goes way back up, way fast. They yanked yeah, back. Yeah, just yanked back. Wow. And they didn't say anything for about a minute and a half. So they're circling. I <laughs> Well, yeah. While you are climbing into the sky with no reason. Sure. And um, and then finally the pilot gets on. And he says, "Well, they didn't clear uh, the plane f- before us from the runway as quickly as they should have, and so we had to we had to abort the landing and make another one. We're sorry about that. You know, we're just going to go in for a landing now here real quick. But you know, at that time my heart just goes into my throat. Yeah, right. I'm like, what just happened?" <laughs> I would really like to get the wheels
0: on the ground. <laughs> I, want, I want to be on, on the floor. I want to kiss something yeah. that is solid. I just wanted a floor, anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But That's the wheels awesome. did get to the ground. That's good. And You're here. Home, yes. And I'm here. So, yeah. so the South African trip was, That's
0: fantastic. was a great experience. Excellent. Well, the second part, as you know, is the silly question and answer round. So thank you for sharing uh, the Africa tale while we're talking about animals. Our first question, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses in a fight to the death, fight to the death, cage match style? Okay, I was thinking about this. Mm. What size is the cage? Like, uh, big enough to accommodate you at 100 duck-sized horses. Okay, because I'm thinking, the, the horse-sized duck, mm. its biggest weapon is going to be able to like whack me
1: and herd me with its giant wings. But yeah. other than that, if I stay away from his mouth, it should be pretty good. Okay. On the other hand, if it's big enough that his wings can get me, I think I got to go with the hundred duck sized horses, okay, the horses are really ornery and they're small and, and ornery. yeah yeah they and they they i mean they bite and kick and nip, yes, but it's tiny hoofs it's really it's a really tough call. I think I would go with the giant the giant the one. Uh, okay. duck because because at the same time, like i I think you had said this at one time, but at some at some certain point in the slaughter, you just have to start feeling. Like, oh, what am I doing? What am I doing? You start having an existential this crisis. What? This is just this is genocide.
0: <laughs> These are the only duck-sized horses that exist, and what they're making
1: I? me fight them to the death. Whereas, you know, one one horse-sized duck that probably, you know, it's an abomination it's against nature in some way. So, okay, I'm okay with offing that guy. So, I think I'm going to go with the with the, with the horse-sized duck. Okay, I think so.
0: What is, uh, what is to your mind, the greatest fictional vehicle?
1: I'll tell you what. Allison stole mine. Oh, yeah. The Nautilus. The SS oh, okay. Nautilus. Just the coolest thing. It is a really awesome submarine. Just the submarine. coolest thing. You go underwater, open the windows, hang out, you know, eat some, smoke some kelp cigars, and yeah. do the whole Captain Nemo trip. Minus the thinking of ships. But yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I think
0: I'm going to pass on that. Yeah. Um, or fighting the big octopus. No, I would be okay with the fighting oh, of the big octopus. The octopus. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so long as I don't get off by him,
0: I'm good. Okay. I'm good with it. Um, if you were to found your own sovereign nation, Matt Topia or whatever, uh, what would the national anthem of, of it be?
1: I've always been – and this is this is, this is is just uh, going to sound kind of – I don't know. It's more hoity-toity, I think, but okay. the answers that you usually get. Okay. But I've always been a huge fan of uh, Modest uh Pictures at an Exhibition. Okay. And so I think the promenade from that – it's this really cool piece of music okay. that I really enjoy. It's very martial and very, like, uplifting. Okay. It's... Uh, it's orchestral, I'm assuming? Yeah, orchestral. Okay. It's... it's, yeah. it's uh, the the premise of the the whole piece is that uh, Mussorgsky was walking through a, uh, a painting exhibition, and he would see these different paintings, and he wrote pieces of music about each one of them. I think there's 12 of them. Mm-hmm. And he... Uh, wrote a promenade between each piece, okay. so the promenade is a is a theme that connects each one. Okay, it's actually probably most well known from Ravel, but I I love that. Okay. I love that. I played it at my wedding; it was just it was great. cool. It's
0: really neat. It's the first orchestral one we've had. Yeah. Uh, taking away the cool superpowers, things like flight, laser vision, invisibility, the stuff that would greatly change your life instantaneously. Uh, if you could have a mundane superpower that like slightly improves your life but doesn't necessarily is like oh I'm quitting my job and doing this full time what would uh, the mundane addition to your to your life be?
1: Do you, does slowing down time like does that fit in I don't like know. like you could only not not that you could not that I could do any like I would be moving just as slow as the time okay but just like I'd really like to have it so that like like the moments were drawn out okay. and so that things were were longer and yes.
0: And I think the way to make that mundane is to have it only active for short periods of time. Oh yeah, like no, I'm you not. Get, you get a burst of it, yeah. and then it's gone, and you yeah. have to wait like a week before it comes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: but you know, like there's situations where like I just this would be nice to like just just stretch it out a little bit. Just I enjoy think... this hour for two yeah. hours or something. Okay, yeah, okay. I think I think that that would probably be a pretty good one.
0: I, I like that. That's a, a unique one. Yeah uh were you to take that and then decide to fight crime what uh famous fictional sidekick maybe not famous fictional sidekick would you take along with you
2: fictional fictional characters, fictional characters. Fictional any sidekick characters.
0: it doesn't have to be a uh, superhero it could be any any sidekick mm. character best friend character boy that's
1: that's tough um I'm, I'm really drawing a blank on this one. I'm trying to think of uh, some some good side. <laughs> you know, the only sidekick that comes to mind is Robin, and I absolutely would not want to have that's Robin the, as my that's sidekick. the problem
0: with this question. Is everybody comes up, they're like the only one that I can think of is Robin, and Robin is the worst. Yeah, Robin is is terrible. Who? Um, I mean, that character was essentially created to be the worst. I did not know that. It's just well, he's always in peril. There's yeah, no, no. They're like we need we need some gravitas, so if there's a reason. That's got to be the reason that characters created. Don't
1: you think that Batman at some point would just be
0: like, "All right, this is not. <laughs> Did you just stay in your damn out? room." He's basically Carl from The Walking Dead, where it's just like, "Stay in the house, Carl. No one wants you outside roaming." Does Alfred count?
1: Yeah, <laughs> Carl, the worst.
0: <laughs> Alfred, I think Alfred would count. Yeah, he's certainly Batman's uh, second in command. And in the new movies, and, there is no Robin. So in, yeah. the, in, in the new movies, he was, he was bad mother. Yeah, I really liked he's him. He's stitching him up. He's yeah. pulling bullets out. He's making them tea and scones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd say that counts.
1: Is there a great doctor sidekick? Well, no, I, don't know. I think Bones? I think I'm going to go with
0: Alfred. Bones would be the great doctor sidekick. Oh, side Bones! Now, now no, I've been. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to that I'm in a minute, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're looking for a doctor sidekick, that's been the doctor sidekick. <laughs> I've been turned away from Bones. <laughs> okay. I think I'll go with Alfred. Okay. That's, uh, if you could stop an invention from from being made, what would it be? Stop an invention.
1: This is. There's been a lot of discussion about how complicated this actually is. Though someone had the perfect answer, which was move was, was like with your brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was. That, <laughs> yeah. They really are terrible. They are. They really are terrible. Uh, reality television in general. <laughs> okay. Is they, you're, you're gonna just is, wipe the format. Uh, I don't know though, because maybe reality game shows, even those, those Real Housewives shows and things like that. That, <laughs> okay. that, that does not. I mean, like, I like I like certain reality television shows, like things like Pawn Stars and things like that, which yeah. I don't know what that says about me, and I kind of don't care.
0: Um, <laughs> but, but you want the Real Housewives out. That stuff. Okay. Yeah, that that whole genre of... That's a, that's a specific subset of reality television. You could take yeah. out the Real Housewivesy type shows. I think that would be it. I think that would be it. Just, I don't see a lot of redeeming value in that. <laughs> there's not a lot. People are not learning lessons. Here. No, I don't think that they are. I don't think there's a lot of lessons being learned. Um, if you could be, if you were locked into a glass Thunderdome, 100 feet long, 50 feet wide, a little bit of sand on the bottom so you're not, you know, stepping on glass, um, with either a 5 foot tall, 150 pound naked man who wants to kill you, or a toddler with an AK-47 strapped to his hand that he can't put down, who would you rather be in there with?
1: See, the naked man has its advantages because... If you know he's trying to kill you, then you have no qualms about going after him. Sure. Um, if I'm not nude, I could
0: probably like like <laughs> fashion a shirt into a weapon. Exactly, rig something. up. Right. Which is why he's nude. For the record, yeah. someone else brought it up once before, but yes, there's no homophobia intended yeah. here. He just doesn't have any weapons. If
1: it, yeah. If it, if he's nude, and, and again, I wouldn't feel. And he's, he's pretty small. Yeah. I mean, is he trained in fighting? He, or is he, he just uh, he's like just a, he's just an angry, just a pissed off little guy. Yeah. He's okay. angry and wants to kill you. I think I think I'd probably I think I'd probably go with the naked man because okay.
0: toddlers, man,
1: there's all of a sudden uh-oh. <laughs> <Tantra> <laughs> just uh oh tantrum and spraying and, bullets. Yeah, and they, they have no control over their body at not the really. same time. So I mean, he could just fall down and shoot me on accident. <laughs>
0: uh, uh, if you could live in one television universe, what what universe would you pick? And you're not you're not the A guy. You're not Fonzie. Right. You just live in Happy Days. Okay if I were to choose Sequest DSV, could I work on Sequest? (laughs) You would, I mean, if you lived on Sequest DSV, you would be like one of the background scientists. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's exactly what I want. I don't, I don't want to be, I'm not at risk as a background scientist. Right. Yeah. You're just there. I want to be hanging out under the sea. Okay. We have, we have another question that will come up in a second that deals with time travel. And people are always like, well, this, you know, if you're going to have time travel, you have to go try to kill Hitler. Um, If you had access to a time machine and you could send back one of the Muppets to kill Hitler. Which Muppets member would you send to be your assassin? So, I think that I could go two ways with this. Okay. Thinking
1: possibly the Great Gonzo, mm-hmm. because he does have the cannon. He does. Uh, so he's prepared. And he probably has no qualms at launching himself at a person. Right. So, the Great Gonzo would probably be ideal. But I also think there would be a certain amount of, not poetic justice, but hilarity in having Hitler killed by Pepe, the King Prawn. <laughs> I am not a shrimp. <laughs> so I think, and I guess Fozzie could probably do it just by terrible, terrible joking him to death would be pretty horrific. You have Hitler strapped to a yeah, chair and just, just, just
0: peppering him with bad jokes. until yeah, like, he's just using. like, I can't take this anymore. I'm
1: just <laughs> shutting the brain down. I, I think Gonzo, though. I think Gonzo could get the job okay. done. I think he, I think he's the man to get the job done.
0: Yes. Uh, if you could win a contest for a year's supply of one consumable item, what would that item be?
1: One consumable item. So it
0: can't be money, like right. right there's right. a. They give you like a big box of somethings. It could. It would it have to be like one thing. Like if
1: I said beer, would it have to say a specific? <laughs> no, you could
0: say you could you could have a, a year supply well, of beer. Beer, okay. <laughs>
1: A year supply of beer, yeah. Okay. Done. So it's just a magic box. Like it that could that even can... be like just flying dog beer. Like okay. they could just they could just fly or even victory. Oh okay. you no, know, pick a pick a decent brewery okay. and then just send me a supply of that for a year, I'm in.
0: Okay. That's good. Our our last one is our is another time travel question. If you uh, you're walking down the street, Doc Brown pulls up, throws open the door, and he's like, Matt, I have this golden ticket, I'll take you to any concert, any time, any place, anywhere. Uh what uh, what what concert would you go see? So
1: uh one of my favorite bands is a band called The Microphones mm-hmm. and they uh, it's actually just one guy his name's Phil Elver uh wrote an album that's called uh, The Mount Eerie which mm-hmm. is just really cool it's like soundscapy and indie okay. and, and and very weird but at the same time the story that it tells is really beautiful it's a concept album um and i like all, a lot of his other stuff too, and he played a show one time in a garage. I don't know where, mm-hmm. allegedly in a garage lit by candles with, um, gosh, now I can't think of their name. The uh, the Texas band that, that's all the all instrumentals they did to explosions in the stuff from the sky, explosions in the sky. So Phil Elverum played can't, a show with that. I knew in the, the answer to that baffles yeah. even me. Yeah, <laughs> Phil Elverum played a show with explosions in the sky. Okay, I've seen a recording. Uh, uh, like a grainy video of them doing my favorite Phil Elvrum song, which is I Want Wind to Blow. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it blew my mind. It was so good. I just, I, because they, you know, explosions of the sky is so airy. Yeah. And he's, he's got like this very, very strange, very similar style. And they just, yeah, based on what you're describing so like, yeah. well.
0: I, I loved it. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. I like the specificity. Um, I, We're going to have a discussion now about uh, the Star Trek and specifically the the latest film. Uh, I'm hoping that uh, we now are past the point where people are going to get mad about spoilers because I think it's been two weeks. Uh, so at this point forward, we're, we're probably in the next minute or so here, going to start getting into spoilery discussion of that. So if you're still haven't seen into darkness and you want to, uh, go ahead and and switch off until later and, and fair warning, we're already at the hour mark, which is usually where we end things, but uh, this is probably going to be a little bit of a discussion. So we may, we may get up to the hour and a half mark, depending on the ways that this goes. So just fair warning that you're in for a little bit more nerdery coming your way. Um, uh, you saw this movie uh, shortly after I did, and uh, was the first person that I knew, like face to face, that was, had also seen this movie. So I was really excited to talk about it a little bit, and we we talked we touched on it some, and then I said, "No, wait, we have to save this because this is good. This will be a podcast discussion. So just wait." Um, so at the time that you and I talked, which was like two or three days after the movie came out, uh, I was in a position where I was like, eh, "It was okay," and since that time, I've come. To, way down on the other side of it so but before we get to that explain your uh star trek your relationship with star trek so i um when i was a kid uh, we used to watch the
1: next generation mm-hmm. uh, my mom and my brother and i uh, it was every night i mean i think it was on like every night and so we would watch it like from seven to eight or whenever like after dinner yeah just, like a, as a family thing that we did and so i got really into uh the next generation when i was just probably between the ages of like 10 and 14, okay. maybe. Um, and then I kind uh, I, I of, you know, at that point, you know, I, I kind of delved out into the other Deep Space Nine, um, a little bit of the original series, which I couldn't really handle at that time. It just yeah. was kind of, like, this is. It's cheesy. Yeah. It's che- is, I mean, it's cheesy. There's yeah. no other way to describe yeah. it. It's cheesy. Um, so I've been, uh, I really enjoyed the the J.J. Abrams first Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think my favorite part about it was, was watching who they picked for the characters and watching those characters come alive again. Mm. Um, and, and so I've been trying to revisit yeah. my love of Star Trek from when I was a kid and then say, well, you know, what, what was, what, what kind of, what was that? And, yeah. and is it something worth holding on to? I think, I think that the show, the idea of the show, it, you mentioned this uh, in a discussion we had previously, but the idea of the show is very, very redeeming. It is a, it is a positive look at the future that yeah. is, um, That is sorely lacking, I think, in a lot of the things that we do. Yeah,
0: it comes from an era where science fiction was thought of as, like, this is an amazing universe we live in. The time we live in is already amazing, and we just went to the moon, and, like, look at all this stuff that's going to happen. And, obviously, Star Trek came a little bit before the moon landing, but it's in that time of, like, optimism and hope and beauty and glory and, like, holy crap, it's awesome to be alive. And I think the difference is, coming to it now, which is why it looks so cheesy, is because all science fiction now comes from the root of like our pollution is out of control, population is out of control, resources are already getting limited. Like if you project 200 years in the future, like all of that's worse. And it's just darkness and despair and sadness, which I don't know is necessarily wrong, but it certainly is definitely a bleaker look at the world that we live in than than when Star Trek was like Look, we're going to go to other planets and we're going to meet new people and we're going to trade goods and we're going to bring them into our little group and we're going to all do these things together and sometimes we're going to fight but mostly it's going to be like come join us, we're awesome. So that awesome view of hope sort of for the future and the glory of the future that what what is it is going to bring. I don't know, but it's going to be great. I think is what appeals to me most about it. Um I before seeing the J.J. Abrams movie had seen like a half an episode of the Next Gen, and I thought it was just dreadfully boring and just lots of people in pajamas talking to each other. It's mostly accurate. And one dude with a weird butt head, and like it was like I just didn't understand it. One dude was really pale, and it, if you don't watch it from the beginning, they don't you don't know that he's a robot, and like there's just all these things in it that I just didn't get. And like the captain of the ship is a thousand years old. Patrick Stewart has looked that way for, I guess, five decades.
1: Had his first slice of pizza this week. I don't know if you saw that. What? (laughs) Allegedly, this week, he tweeted that he had his first slice of pizza. I believe the man is 68 or 69 years old. Yeah, he's
0: very old. Never eaten pizza before this week. I didn't know that. I guess there's the topical bit for, for this. But I, I anyway, I, I thought the J.J. – I was really excited for whatever reason about the J.J. Abrams thing. I thought it looked cool. I kind of enjoyed Cloverfield. I was never a big lost person. But just something about that trailer, the uh, even the opening, the first teaser where they had a bunch of guys doing uh, welding, and then it kept pulling back and pulling back, and you realize what they were welding was the Enterprise. And I was like, that is cool. And I just – the whole marketing campaign for it hooked me. It was marketed well. Like, you're a nerd. You should like this. Like, all right. And he essentially made <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it's like, you already like space stuff. This is going to be space stuff with these guys. And it's like, all right, I'll, I'll check this out. But I liked it so much that I watched that movie, and then the summer after it came out, I watched the in, well, almost the entire run of the original show because I was like, I want more of this. I want to know about these characters and the adventures they went on and, and all that. So I ended up watching the first two. Like, hardcore binging on it. At the time, CBS used to have it on their website for free. I don't think they do anymore. But you could just watch them in high def for free. So I was watching them. And I was struck by the fact that, and you and I touched on this a little bit, that they made about 60 episodes, I think. 60 to 70. I don't know the exact number. And there's like 10 or 12, maybe, that are worth watching. So you wade through a lot of crap to see these episodes that are redeeming. But the, the ideas of it are still... There and the the characters are still, you know, that you watching the relationships develop and the actors get more comfortable with each other. Like all oh, of that stuff happens and is good, but sometimes there's just like this is dreadful. Like <laughs> there's
1: nothing actually happening, so we made something
0: happen. Yeah, and it doesn't make any no, sense, not at all. And like there's some of the charm of it is like it's super low budget and it's got you know uh, there's just absurd like. Oh, the backlot set for Chicago was open this week, so somebody quick read an episode of Chicago and they quickly penned together a Chicago episode and they put Kirk and Spock in, you know, wide lapel suits and hats, which is honestly one of my favorite uh, favorite episodes of the show, but it's just, it's stupid. Like, that idea is dumb that there's a planet that builds its civilization around the history of gangland. Chicago is, is kind of dumb. What's dumb about that? <laughs> this is the only book we had. Why and how? <laughs> what what book I don't remember this. what book was it it was a history of gangland Chicago is, is that a thing is I, that I, a book I, I mean I'm sure that there is a book that exists that just details Capone and, and the, that era of Chicago
1: don't you think like a civilization this is just a side, side yeah.
0: discussion don't you think like, a civilization would be like this does not Seem ideal. <laughs> but... There's like four guys Let's in power. Change it up. Everybody else is subjugated, and then you have to pay this guy just to run your business because otherwise he'll come and beat the crap out of you. Now that sounds pretty familiar. Actually. <laughs> but it's it's. I mean, as much as I enjoy that episode and like the silliness of seeing Kirk and Spock running around with Tommy guns, like it's a dumb idea. It's dumb. It just is. So to take that and distill the dumbness into what he made in 2009, I thought was a pretty incredible achievement. Even if it is just basically a star Wars movie with the star Trek people in it, as far as the plot, like it's pretty much, it's pretty much uh, a new hope. Like they blow up a planet and that gives the one character reason to join the, 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 the hoorah. And there's some inner squad. I mean, there's lots of beats in that that are very similar to the first star Wars, movie, which is fine. If you're going to ape something, ape something that's good.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: But then, after watching all the episodes, I watched all the original movies that have the original cast. Some of which are good, some of which are terrible.
1: Not half enough.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much the even numbered yeah. ones. Yeah, Wrath of Khan is good. the The one with the whales is good. Uh, you for your favorite, I think. Undiscovered Country. Yeah, that's by your far favorite. my
1: favorite. Yeah, it's one of. It's actually one of my favorite movies. Yeah, uh, that's that's got that carries that whole same message of hope throughout it. Like, sure. This is this is this is what we want the future to be?
0: Yeah. Yeah, like the future is going to be cool guys don't worry we're going to get there so that leading up to so aj you know jj abrams is like all right we're going to do it again we have benedict cumberbatch as the bad guy i don't know if you've watched sherlock but i love sherlock i i've been intending to get into it
1: after well several things my cousins yeah. all were like this is great and it's then it's so uh, good watched uh,
0: into darkness and you know say what you want about it but he's good actor he's he's very good in into darkness he's to me the best part of that movie by leaps and bounds um so i, I was i had seen sherlock and i was like okay this is awesome choice for a bad guy i could see him just crushing it and then i started now i have a thing that i've been trying to do lately is if i want to see a movie i watch the first trailer for it and then nothing else i try not to read anything i try to and i found that i've enjoyed movies a lot more when I do that because I, frankly if you follow the whole media campaign like a big movie nerd like I am, like you know everything that's coming and it, it kind of dulls the, the movie for you a little bit. So with this, I was trying to do that but I ended up reading a couple of things here and there inadvertently and nothing, nothing that you would think would be totally off-putting but I saw the image of the big ship that shows up in the third act and it was called The Vengeance and right there I said, oh god, they're, they're going to do what I was hoping they wouldn't do and they're going to make Wrath of Khan again. Of course they are. Yeah. Of course they are. So it worked once, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, well we could just do that again. So Hollywood's been doing that lately. <laughs> <laughs> it worked once. Do it again. I mean, it's hard to get too critical of the second in a franchise that is a reboot of a television show and movie franchise from 50 years ago. Like, obviously you're treading old ground there. But to me, the first movie didn't feel like treading ground that had been trodden before other than The Enterprise cast being, you know, her is there, Spock is there. There's a joke about red shirts and whatnot. To me, it felt like an organic... It's not a very interesting or in-depth story. It's just a straight vengeance story, but... A revenge story, but it felt like, here's a bunch of characters, we're going to have our own little thing going with them.
1: Well, and that's what I really liked that he did with it, which was basically, I mean, say what you will about, you know, the the way that he went about it but he said look we just flipped this on his head i can do anything that i want yeah and then to take that and then go you know what i'm gonna do (laughs) (laughs) the same thing that's already been done
0: that does not make sense no and like the the more that i think about it, the more i like i found myself like almost getting mad which is a stupid reaction and i I kept saying i wish i didn't feel this way because i feel dumb for feeling this way about it but Everything about this movie I'm just like it's dumb every decision is just annoying me
1: Um you know I think that for what it was my my opinion of it was you know for what it was it was okay Yeah um but it was not like I said, the first one I really, really thoroughly enjoyed. I think I think I gave it five stars on my Netflix, which is which is a rare thing for yeah. me. There's only like a couple movies that have that. Um, I,
0: I would say that's a solid A movie. That's a, yeah. I would give that an A. I think it's it appeals to people who have no idea what Star Trek is that you can sit down and watch that story and enjoy it because I'm one of them. It's just not, it kind of broadens appeal enough to people that aren't really into science fiction can get into it. Like I think that's a great movie. Really, I truly do. I think it's great.
1: No, I I, I agree. I, I do. I agree with the, uh, you know, the assessment of, of especially of, of being able to just like grab a whole new set of people and be like, look at this. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know. I, for the second one, it's it's just it was it, it was a I guess a little disappointing. I was kind of hoping for more in the character development yeah.
0: area, and they just didn't do a lot of that. And one of the reviews I saw, and this is not something that I observed on my own, but something I, I saw somebody else say, is that if you have only seen the Star Trek 2009 movie and this movie, and you don't know anything about Star Trek as a cultural institution, because, I mean, frankly, it is. Uh, you know, Pop culture has adopted many of those things. You would have absolutely no reason to understand why Kirk and Spock are friends. Yeah,
1: that's, that's very true. Actually, you would think that... Yeah, you know, I never actually thought about that. Just because you know my previous my my previous stuff informs us. Like I know you know Kirk know. and Spock are friends; they're yeah, buddies. But, and but him and Spock this, and Bones roll around should not be friends. But at the same time, like you, there's an interstitial space there between yes. Star Trek and Into Darkness. You yeah. don't know what happened there.
0: No, but even with that, so like the first movie, there's that sort of they rope they rub each other the wrong way, but they sort of get to a begrudging acceptance of one another, and like each of these guys is a worthwhile person to have on your team. I might not want to have a beer with him, but he's a guy that I can trust, and I- I'm willing to put my life in his hands, and vice versa. Seems to me that first movie is building to that. Like, Kirk is young and inexperienced, and then he, you know, grasps how to lead. Great. In the second movie, it immediately starts out with them fighting with each other. Yep. <laughs> And that kind of keeps going a little bit.
1: Yeah. And then, and then all of a sudden,
0: that stops going. Yeah. And then they're best friends. Like when it's convenient for them to be upset, they're upset. Well, but you know, I think that maybe the the original
1: had a little. I, I guess there's probably more between Bones and Spock. Yeah. But they, but they, but they still had that kind of that relationship where it was just like sometimes, man, sometimes
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm just done with yeah. you. But then they also would play three level Star Trek tress. Right. And drink. Uh, whatever, Romulan. Romulan, Al. Al. thank you. Can we get something? <laughs> <laughs> There's beer in the fridge, but like that. So like they had both of those things where you'd have like a little moment where two guys sit down and play chess together and have a beer, and then like God, our job is crazy, right? Uh, you see that green chick? Uh, you know, sorry about the <laughs> stuff I said about you being a half breed. Yeah, you know. a <laughs> <out of> line. When's pawn far coming up? You need to mate again soon. Like you, like they would have like. Dude, bro, time that they wrote into the show that like filled in those gaps of like, why do these two guys who are constantly wanting to punch each other are they friends? And you, you got it. Like everyone has a friend that they can get into a scuffle with, but you know that the friendship overcomes that. But if you were to just take the moments that you see in these movies, even including the like little asides where they walk down the hallway and talk to each other, you'd be like, why the hell are these two people friends? And when they have that moment where they do exactly. The con thing, the screaming con. Yeah. Yep, I laughed. I was laughing in the theater, and I wasn't the only one. I, I hate to throw Adrian under the bus. <laughs> I think she
1: might have been crying. Sure.
0: <laughs> That's the intention, so I, that I worked. Was, I was not. <laughs> I was like, seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did this already, and and it was it was this gut wrenching thing like i I watched that movie knowing there's six movies to follow and that spock isn't dead and still that bit where he's like of all the souls i've ever met his was the most and he does that little catch when he says human it's just like that's character building world building universe creating moments where you're like holy shit his best friend just died and he's barely holding himself together yeah no
1: i i definitely agree uh and, and they didn't they didn't have that moment in this one either. No. There was no, there was no. I mean, you have that, you have that, you know, little touching scene. But then mm. after that, then what? Yeah. Like then it's then it's just uh, Deus Ex Machina, where
0: you're just yeah up. Oh, the triple's alive. <laughs> and and the thing that the the other thing that that drove me nuts, and Allison and I saw it, and she turned to me even while I was saying, it, and it was like, why wouldn't you just use somebody else's blood?
2: I know. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you. <laughs>
0: there's a no, there's a whole action set piece with like we have to get gone, We need his blood, and Spock is running down a street trying to catch this guy, and they have seventy one other human popsicles shoot him in the head and get somebody <laughs> else. Yeah. There's seventy one. The only one? <laughs> no, they're all super humans. They're all whatever. Which is what really drove me crazy about this because you could easily have had him be John Harrison, which was the name that they gave his character, and just be another member of Khan's crew, and you could have had the whole... You would have not had to change a single thing in this movie, except that you would have had the name Khan on one of the other human popsicle pods, and you would have panned the camera by it slow, and everyone in the audience would have gone, Oh! And you would have had that thing where the audience gets a little bit of information ahead of the characters, and you feel like you're in on the know, and you like it, and instead it was like... My name is Khan, and then you're like, "Wait, what? Who is that? You're a white guy." <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's the other thing that drives me crazy. His name is Khan Union Singh, and he's the white breadest tea and toast Englishman ever. Mm-hmm. You're practically clear. You know <laughs> he
1: that, <right>? is. <laughs> he was that, uh, that in Indian imperialism thing, yeah, that worked out for him exactly. Yeah, quite well,
0: yeah, and I was just like, "That's like you could and." To me, like, that wouldn't change the movie one iota to say like he's another con superhuman. I probably would have enjoyed that a hell of a lot more to just be like he is a con like character, but he's not con.
1: I will be honest, one of the things that I don't like about like movies like that is yeah. is that it has like a this 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 need to just go for the action and just be like, We're just gonna shoehorn a big fight in here. Yeah. It's not. It's not organic. It's not no. enjoyable, and and it's not necessary. And it, I, I feel like it took. A, I think that there was a couple of spots where, like, the movie was going on, going on, going on, and like stuff was happening, and you know, I hadn't really thought about. I wasn't thinking about all of this stuff. I was just kind of in the in yeah. the moment of the movie. Yeah,
0: I didn't start to process just, this all.
1: Until... <laughs> we're stopped. Yeah, like, why did we stop? Why did we stop just to have a fight with some Klingons? Like yes. that's
0: not. Well, we needed to see that the Klingons have butt heads because mm. we hadn't established that yet in this universe.
1: But. But the Klingons didn't need to
0: be there at all. Nope. None whatsoever. And Admiral Robocop, like that whole ancillary plot with him and wanting to blow up the universe, it was just like, I don't I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> you, you literally have introduced your plot twist in the third act to where I don't care about the resolution of it. Who is this chick? Yeah. This, this
1: science chick that just yeah. shows up and yeah. you're like,
0: I'm well, like, this person. I know who Carol Marcus yeah. is. It's Kirk's wife. But that's because I'm a big nerd. Yeah. You haven't explained any of that. Yeah. Oh, wait. We need a gratuitous uh, woman in her underwear shot. So make sure Carol Marcus has to change in front of Kirk. Because we had her a change in front of Kirk in the first movie. So that's something we have to do in these movies is someone has to change in front of Kirk. It's one of our things now. It's part of the JJ universe. I don't mind that. I'm okay with it. I don't either, but it's just stupid. (laughs) Agreed. She's a beautiful woman. There's nothing wrong with seeing her in her bra, but it just – there's literally no need for that. And it just – the kind of things that you're like – you imagine Orsi and Lindelof and and Abram's bed like, who do we get to see in their underwear? (laughs) Uh, She changes in front of Kirk, and Kirk accidentally turns around, but not really accidentally. You know, kind of like that thing you do, bro? (laughs) And they're handed in the script here's one truck of money make the star trek movie we'll take it whatever you're selling done we'll take it they wrote it in crayon there's just kirk fights things it's, it's probably not even it's just drawings yeah like, like just
1: crudely sketched drawings <laughs> yeah and the you know the exact oh, this is genius yeah
0: it's it's like the uh did you see the third iron man movie I haven't yet. Okay, well, haven't uh, yet.
1: Um, you can do whatever you want because I will see it, but it will be so there's, long. There's a thing the that experience. I
0: that there's a thing that I have in that movie where they put characters in peril where you know for a fact that that character is not really in peril, and it's the same thing in this movie where you know Kirk makes this sacrifice, and you're like, you know what? If they had the balls to keep Kirk dead, I think this was a badass movie. Like, it's a gutsy call. It might not be the right one, but it's like, hey, at least we tried something bold, you know. And Star Trek, if nothing but bold is kind of what you you, what you want to do there, but I was like, oh okay, like we'll do something crazy, like maybe they will keep Kirk dead, and then you saw the Tribble come back to life. You're like, no, no, it's just going to be oh, a no. standard Hollywood movie. I knew movie. as
1: soon as the Tribble showed up, yeah. wherever he showed up, yeah. I was like, all right, well that's yeah. Oh I, yeah, I know what's happening at the end. Yeah, and I know what's happening at
0: the end. Yeah. Also, uh, and uh, not my point, someone else's, but I guess Tribbles and humans have the same blood. Totally. Why would they not? Mammals. <laughs> they both have hair. Yeah so same blood. I mean, it's probably not a mammal, is it? It's from a different planet. Yeah. I don't think they d- No different, it's a, it's, a completely different <laughs> it's a completely different species of of thing from a different planet, and yet when you inject it with magic human blood, it comes back to life. I'd- so, the science is solid from so this. <laughs> day, a you doctor. were you were a marine biologist. I so, was. No, so, cool. I just, I, space I biology is the next step. I with dolphin blood so I could try to swim. <laughs> no, that's, not,
1: that's completely inaccurate. Yeah.
0: So it was just one of those things where, like, I hate to be, I hate to take, I hate to not like a movie for nitpicky reasons, but I had like major issues with this, and then on top of that, like, I just started just going down the list of all the little things throughout it that it was like, well, that was dumb. Well, that was dumb. Well, that was dumb. Well, that was dumb. And by the end of it, I was like, I guess I didn't like this movie at all. <laughs> like, I guess I've, I guess I thought I was like, you know, it was okay. I, I probably won't see it again. I probably won't buy it on Blu-ray unless it comes with some tchotchke, Because as you can see behind you, I'm big on tchotchkes that come with Blu-rays. <laughs> but it, it, I, you know, that spaceship over there is the Enterprise because that's what the first movie came in. If you bought it at Target, you know, I liked it a lot. I like Jurassic Park. <laughs> that came with the Jurassic <laughs> Park Blu-ray, so like I'm about, I'm all about that, but. The this I just like every time I thought about it, it was like another thing would pop up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that was dumb. Oh yeah, that was dumb." Like cold fusion doesn't actually make stuff cold. No, it does not. <laughs>
1: no, it does not.
0: It just means you don't burn up right to death, right, quickly. So, like, why couldn't they just say, "Oh, it's a cold bomb." Well, it's a who's a what's a blah blah blah. It makes a, it makes everything cold.
1: That's true, but I mean, cold fusion just sounds cool because people know the word, right.
0: Which is exactly why it's in the movie, even what? though it makes no sense. But also, like maybe
1: something, could, maybe
0: I don't know. I am not a scientist. They could make something up. But I'm pretty sure that cold fusion wouldn't work. Maybe there. they weren't referring to it in terms of nuclear fusion. <laughs> I'm just making stuff up yes. now. No, it, it, it. But and like uh, like I said, that's a dumb thing to not like a movie about. That yeah. that wouldn't be the reason I don't like a movie. Right. But it's like when I don't like a movie for a bunch of reasons, and then I start thinking about it, that's the level you of criticism that my brain yeah. comes to where it's like, oh, what about that thing? What about that thing? Yeah. What about that thing? No, I got you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. If you I mean if you if you don't like it, yeah, then there's a lot of reasons to be like no. Yeah. Yeah. no no no.
0: But I think the ultimate thing to me is like it just wasn't fun. It just wasn't the same kind of adventure romp like the first movie to me almost felt like a ride at Disney World or something like that.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, I think there were parts of it where I was I was having fun. Yeah, um, it definitely but has it wasn't moments all of it. And the other, the only one of the things that really bothered me: what kind of pseudo military organization, pseudo governmental organization, yeah. gets all of their high level people? In the same room with giant windows on the outside of a building. And then tells everybody where it is. (laughs) Hey, if you follow the rules, then we're all going to be here. No diversion, no nothing, no I, like I was oh, these were a bunch of dummies.
0: I was no. imagining them like a guy with a clipboard walking down the, with an ensign who's like on his first day and they're like, "What's that room?" Like, "Oh, that's the level what, level 11 meeting room. It's where uh if a catastrophe strikes, we take all of our high-ranking officials and put them in there." And the ensign being like, "That seems like a horrible idea." And he's like, "No, no. See, you're going to stand guard outside so that when someone comes to kill us, you're get killed first cuz you have a red shirt on." <laughs> And it's then being like, wait a, a minute, that sounds like a terrible idea. Like, how about it? How about a secret internal compound under twenty eight layers of granite and steel and stone? No, no, no. Right by this giant window. <laughs> I can't believe it. like that one. That
1: one. Too, that was actually the one thing that that I was just like, no, Why? no, <laughs> that's so dumb. Why? Do we just hate everybody in this room? <laughs> no, we just want to kill them. <laughs> Actually, you know, we just try to get a good turnover in staff every so often. <laughs> so, whenever there's a disaster, we figure it's somebody's fault. We
0: just kill all of them yes. by saying, they're all going to be here. <laughs> Here's the neon sign. Yes. Eat
1: at Joe's.
0: Yes. And that, like... That that's the scene where they introduce the death of Pike, and the only reason that has any resonance to you is because like a scene earlier, they have him come in and very overtly call Kirk's son. And like, oh, Kirk doesn't have a dad because his dad Thor died in the explosion, and then it's like their father and son. <laughs> dad, I forgot about that. <laughs> like now he's got a he's got a dad, and he's he said son, and his dad died. and It's like that's just cheap. <laughs> it's just cheap. Damn it. It
1: does remind you know what it does actually remind me a bit of that that, uh, that Scalzi book the red shirt yes yeah. yes it does it very does. much Where it's just like you're you're ma- you're manufacturing this stuff that could be very organic and you're just you're just just yes slamming square blocks into round holes as hard as you can yeah because
0: god damn it it will fit that is the perfect analogy for this movie that they literally they found something that worked and then they just were like all right we're going to do it again and instead of doing anything different they took all the pieces from the first one and just wedged them in here with a with a mallet until it worked when when they didn't even have holes cut yeah. there were no holes like you didn't you didn't even have to
1: bring the round holes to the square pegs match you didn't have to do any of it nope. you could have just been like we're playing tic tac toe bitch yeah and that, <laughs> yeah and they didn't do it and that and that okay that was that was disappointing to me at the same time, like I said, it it was – it was partial. It was enjoyable. I, I did actually enjoy it. There are absolutely
0: it. a few moments in this movie where, like, I forgot that I wasn't enjoying it and I, I was totally sucked into it. Like, the part where they have Kirk and uh, Scotty and – uh, uh Khan running through to try to get through the other ship. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a great action set piece. And I was, on, was like, oh, if they make it so Khan and Kirk team up, that's a really cool twist on the Khan story. Like, to have them team up and have to be on the same squad. And then maybe, maybe they they run away with Khan on their five-year mission and they like he's on the side of the enterprise He's an awesome like security guy yes he's just like i'm here yeah (laughs) like you're gonna do exactly i was like wow they're gonna do something cool and then it's like no jk Khan's gonna break carol marcus's leg with a foot stomp and run away it sounds really painful (laughs) oh absolutely it's certainly not something i would experience just yeah, gratuitously unnecessary. <laughs> oh, extremely. <laughs> just, just walk away, dude. Just walk away. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do that. Yeah, no. But nope. I guess he did. It's, that's the character. Yeah. I mean, he's just a... Yeah, well, Ricardo Montalban put that thing in... Uh, yeah, the brain in, in slug Brain thing. slug yeah. that was super... Oh. Yeah. yeah. There was no brain slug okay. in this.
1: I just, by the way, rewatched watched um, Rathacon, uh, Rathacon uh, this week. And I do have a question, because I was... To be fair, I probably shouldn't admit I was watching it at work because yeah. I, you know, I will put up like a movie while I'm writing stuff yeah. at work just to have something in my brains kind yeah. of distracted by a little bit. Um, and and so I wasn't paying full attention, but I don't remember it, and I didn't hear it, and I didn't see it. Is there some point where they take the slug out of Chekhov?
0: I don't remember. I feel like there's an explanation for somehow that they kill it. They inject him with something, or they do something. Okay. I feel okay. like there is an explanation for that, but I don't recall it. And it's been a few years since I've seen Wrath of Khan. But I recall, as I think of it, there, I believe there's an explanation for the killing the brain slug. Do you think they're gonna re- remake the whales one? I hope so. That's my favorite Star Trek.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, the whales are doing... I think the whales are doing okay. They seem to be
0: doing all right. they're doing yes. okay now. That Honestly, though, like, the, the they took... That, to me, is the beauty of that... What makes Star Trek interesting is that they took these characters who was, like, this very serious buttoned-up science fiction, and they're like, we're just going to do a fish-out-of-water story, because why not? And it's fun, and it's, it's interesting, and it's silly, and they'd use these very buttoned-up characters to do a little bit of comedy, and it's entertaining, yeah, I yeah, I, that would that's I think it's probably my second favorite. Spock runs around in a bathrobe for no discernible reason. Yep. I mean, it's entertaining.
1: You know that that movie, I will say part of that movie freaked me out is when they were talking about drilling into his head yeah. and he doing the trepanning thing, which yes. they still do. Yeah. Like that is gonna be messed up. Yeah. Don't yeah. do that. No. Yeah, that's really dark. Still a medical procedure though. Yeah. We still do that yeah. to people. Yeah. I don't know. What do you to do?
0: Well, we're a little bit better at it now. <laughs> yeah. L- less blunt instruments. They're doctors. Yes. Yeah, they they are, exactly. Damn it, Tripp. He's a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I could have used more bones in this movie, frankly. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Because I thought, I liked, uh, again, this is how much, I liked that movie so much that when Carl Urban was going to be Judge Dredd, I was like, whatever, Carl Urban's in it, I'll go see it. Hmm. I, I liked his performance that much as Bones. Yeah. I was like no, I'm like yeah, I, I did love.
1: He was my favorite one when he showed up in the in the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. just
0: this, the line he said was perfect. You know that was ad libbed.
1: I did not. That's even perfecter. Yeah. He More took perfect.
0: he takes the swig and he says oh, the, awesome. all he's left is, like is my bones. bones? Yeah. That was that was Carl Urban. Yeah, and I was I like, brilliant. There's that, a man who gets it. That is genius. Yeah. That is genius. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've been catching up. Like I said, I've been revisiting it yeah. since since you know. The uh, the first, Abrams came out, and then this last one, and, and revisiting it. And I'll be honest, I thought I liked Bones, but I... Uh, I did. Who's the actor? I can't I can't remember his Forrest... name. DeForest?
0: No, DeForest Kelly. He's terrible. <laughs> he is... <laughs> I enjoyed there, it when I watched it, although I, it's there been a while. There
1: are lines. You know, in the movies he was better, but in the show, like there are these lines that are delivered just like, like he is a plank of wood like he is just a board like he probably i I, damn it jim i am a doctor
0: (laughs) come on man a little bit how about some emotion (laughs) spock you're not spock you know (laughs) right you're not supposed to be blank you're supposed to be angry you're actually pissed off at the guy who is like that right so get it together right and that that, and that's the things that, that they did uh, and again, this is somebody else, not me, it's not my original thought, but they, like, it seems like in the first movie they made these things where, like, okay, well, Kirk is rough and young and green, but he learns to be good. Spock is emotionless, except when he needs to be emotional. Bones flies off the handle all the time. Uh, you know, her loves Spock. And it's like, in the second movie, that's all we've established that these people can do, so that's all they do.
1: Yeah, uh, and some of them don't even do that. Yeah,
0: Like, did Bones fly off the handle? I don't remember He, he, him. he, he did one of the, like, Damn it, Jim! Oh lines. yeah, I do remember. I do. Yeah,
1: but it's just like a
0: like a throwaway. And it felt um, it felt literally like a throwaway. Like, yeah. oh, we have to. Damn it, Jim! Yeah. Uh, Next scene. Damn it, Jim! Is that good enough? Can I can, <laughs> can I take a break can now? I go? <laughs> I've been here for three hours today, and frankly, I'm sick of it. It is hot. <laughs> I'm wearing California? this stupid, weird wetsuit thing for no discernible reason. You're making me run all the time. I don't know why Carl Urban has that voice in my head, but that's what he has in my head. I like it. I think think that if he doesn't actually have that voice in real life, he should adopt it. He's an actor. He could do it. It's true. I think he should do it.
1: I think it would would make him cooler. (laughs) He should also, if he doesn't smoke
0: it, he should pick up smoking. Yes. Just sit there with a cigarette. Uh, The the last thing, uh, people always get on J.J. Abrams for the lens flare thing. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, to, to... uh, there's really no scientific value to the program. But there was like a Star Trek Into Darkness, the science behind it program on History Channel the Wednesday before it came out. So I recorded it, and I was like, I'll check this out later. And do I they back... mention, just real quick, do they mention noise in space and how there isn't any? They do, actually. And uh, they said that J.J. cut the original movie completely silent, and people hated it.
1: Yeah, well, I don't care what people hate <laughs> There is one Be moment... Accurate. That was the coolest part about like 2001 A Space Odyssey, because yeah. it was, I mean... Granted, my wife
0: hated that movie. But, yeah, but I loved it because it was like, "Yep, that's what it would sound like." There is one moment in the first movie that's like real quick, where like there's an explosion and a woman is screaming, gets sucked out, and then as soon as she yeah. hits outside, it's just I remember that. Yeah, dead air. And uh you know, R two D two is in the first movie, by the way. I did hear that. I didn't
1: yeah. spot it though. It's in the it's in the explosion. I think it's
0: the, like the when the ship's exploding. or yeah. something's exploding. In the debris flies out. He just. <laughs> <laughs> the I'll have to look for that. But the, the thing that I found amusing was in this documentary thing that was really just kind of a bunch of gobbledygook that, like, scientists would come in and be like, this is how theoretical light, tr- light speed travel would work. And some of it was interesting, but it was all very, like, it was clearly, like, we have a bunch of guys who just want to be in a, a Starship, Star Trek program, and some money was exchanged between some people to get some some promotion for Star Trek. So this was basically a two-hour commercial for the new movie. But even the cameras for the History Channel that were, like, on the set filming, oh. JJ filming, were picking up lens flares. Oh. <laughs> I slammed my Why? pen at that. Yeah, I, I, I mean. He, he has them, like, it's not digital. He, like, builds them into the set. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't know that, but I, I, I assumed that whenever, the way you were describing it, yeah. sorry. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I did Whenever you said that, I was like, okay, that makes yeah. sense. But. You know, I don't... To be fair, I've never been to space. Me either. I don't know what it looks like. It's true. It could look like that. Yeah. But there aren't that many very, very bright objects in space. No. There just aren't. No. There's like one close to us, and we can see it. It's the sun. Right now. (laughs) If I go outside. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a second one that's not that very bright, but it's bright enough. Sure. This is the moon. This is the only two. Yeah. So where are you that all of these giant bright objects are overwhelming your, what, 22nd cent 23rd century spaceships? Yes. Yeah. Starships that, that are, you know, built to handle this kind of interstellar travel, but we couldn't figure out how to cut down on glare. We couldn't do it. <laughs> we, we couldn't tint anything. We did not. We did not have the time to polarize. We just didn't. <laughs> there was no
0: time. Look, we made transparent aluminum, but we couldn't figure out how to make it anything other than all the way clear. Right. It's just perfectly clear. Impossible. It actually it actually picks up glare more <laughs> yes. somehow? It's just it, the pilots are basically completely blind.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you can actually get glare from a blank piece of space with this stuff. We, yeah. We can't explain the physics. We don't and, know.
0: And even if it's not going to be the space stuff that's bright, the ship is so bright that it's just flare and everyone's like, why is your ship so brightly lit? Why is everyone on the ship like a medical operating bay? Tone it down. <laughs> just Have, tone it down. How about some soft lighting in a hallway? How about we not have uh, eighty-five things that light can reflect off? Oh,
1: I guarantee you they all have like serious, you know, psychological issues from work. <laughs> like work, Do, can you imagine the buzz that that shit <laughs> sounds like? You think you think
0: fluorescent lights are bad? Just yeah. In- yes. Twenty-four hours a day, you're not allowed to dim the lights in your cabin, so that if they burst in there, there's lens flares, just in case. Yeah, just in case. Yeah, just in case. You, just need to see. you have to sleep in full brightness. Everyone in the future has learned to sleep without darkness. Don't worry. You'll adapt. Which is why they called it Star Trek Into Darkness. That was that was actually the secret because meeting. they were of it. hoping. <laughs> they, were, they were hoping to find Whoa, somewhere. Oh, we should get there! We need to find someplace without light so that there's no lens flare. And yet another failure. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do it. They could not make it. Well, thank you for coming on and talking for way too long about nerdy things. Um, I've been wanting I'll to talk about Star Trek like that for a while so I appreciate it and Thank thanks you. for having me yeah thanks for sharing your story uh, if you like the show please subscribe we are on iTunes and Stitcher and please uh, take the minute or two to rate the show whether you like it or not I appreciate uh, if you do it thanks very much and remember kids wherever you go whatever you do don't forget your adventure pants space
2: a final frontier